Hey, hey, happy Monday. I'm Heather. And I'm Ryan. How and is we, everybody today? We are so excited because we are talking Cabaret TNA, which is the new and improved version of Cabaret Q&A because we are talking about training and answers. So uh, it says, Hold on a second before we go any further. So this mm -hmm. is the first time we've gone we've gone live in an event as opposed to in the group. Mm. And it says, we're having trouble streaming your destination. Is it possible your RTMP server or stream key is invalid? Oh, how strange. Um, we're definitely live on YouTube right now. So uh, huh. please check the destination. If it looks OK, and if this continues, try creating a new broadcast or just remove this destination from the podcast and re-add it. Hmm. Well, that's a whole technology thing. I think that uh, I don't have an opinion. Uh, I am going to go live into the group, into the community. Sure, let's do it. So. Uh, oh, no, uh, we're certainly live on the page at least. So we're, we're definitely live, we're on, live the on the page. We're live on the page, yeah, we're that's live good. on the page. So I'm gonna yeah, remove this event. And I'm going to go into the community. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, but I'm not going to redo this because we're perfectly imperfect and this stuff happens. It's real. So we should be live in the Facebook community. Uh, huh. And we are not live in the, oh, we're not saying we're not live in the community. Cool. So now I can put in my StreamYard notification that I was going to put in later. Let's have a look. Uh, uh, uh. Just wait for it to be live in the Facebook. Yes, 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 yes. We are live. Okay, amazing. Ooh. We're live in all the places we sort of wanted to. Hello, everybody. Um, we are here today with a special friend, Shannon. Hello. Hello. I just suddenly, okay, I suddenly panicked. <laughs> I went, your name doesn't say Shannon. Am I allowed to say Shannon? You can call me Shannon. That's Okay, fine. cool. I just, I just suddenly saw S and I went, oh, damn. Okay, that's the whole thing. So, so, um, so Shannon and I were chatting, um, Ryan, last, last Thursday, yeah. instead of doing our dance class, because that didn't happen. And, um, and it was so cool because we were talking about like, you know, things that we're doing and things we've been doing during lockdown and things we're doing as stuff starts to open up. And uh, Shannon and I are in the same uh, dance studio. I, actually, well, the three of us are in the same dance studio. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, I, I've been in many uh, pole classes with Shannon uh, over the years, many. And Shannon is an inspiration because Shannon does stuff her way. Right. And I'm always trying to do stuff the way, right? Like that's the move. I need to perfect it the way it's done. Right. But Shannon, like what's your thinking about when you see a move? And then what are you doing? Well, I'll see a move. I'll try and do it the way. And then if I can, that's fantastic. If I'm almost, I'll work to it. If it's something that, hmm, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this quite. Let's see if I can just switch up the other side. Let's see if, okay, the line doesn't look as smooth, but it almost looks good on that side. What can I move to make the line look pretty and make it work on me? Because, yeah, 
um, flexibility is not my strongest suit. I did actually right. um, joined like the dance studio 2017 about um, six months after a hip replacement. Right. So I was never really that flexible, but I lost very much all the turnout that I had on my um, right leg. Not that I had much to right. begin with, but I was very much, uh. and um, yeah, so it, doing like joining the dance studio really helped me figure out more of my body and in a really fun and comfortable, welcoming kind of setting, which isn't always the case. Like I feel a lot better in that dance studio than in college where I was doing like 12 to 16 hours of dance a week and just improved so much more. And I think that's got to do with the environment and like the mindset. Because it is a very oh, yeah. different environment, isn't it? It's a very mm. different environment to be in that, um, to be in a sort of a traditionalized space, if you get, if, if you, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it just, it gives so much chance to kind of, you know, reflect on yourself but also play around and it's okay to play around it's okay to do something that hey this feels a bit silly but nothing wrong with looking silly it's fun and then you can right. bring that energy in a different way <laughs> oh yeah we talk a lot about the value of play uh within mm -hmm. confidence through cabaret and i think that's because that's a really good point i mean like there's part of the 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 thing with innovation and part of the reason that we can the part of the reason that we get better at doing things is because we get to play free of pressure and then there's you know you can see what comes out of that um mm -hmm. do you think there's how do you find um you've kind of come on in terms of things like that how does how does that reflect it in your in your practice now because you're a, you're an actor right i do enjoy performing yeah and i've been doing voice acting recently and stuff awesome. so <laughs> um, I just feel that I've given myself time to not necessarily, again, I think I was definitely didn't help in some of the toxic kind of environments I used to be in. You mm. kind of end up in a place where you kind of contribute, you know, constructive criticism is always a bit more harsher than you intended, but it's like, that's how everyone gives it. But it's like, actually, I don't really want to contribute to that. I don't particularly like that mindset when you're in a room and everyone is competition and you're constantly mm -hmm. comparing yourself. And it's like, no, that's that didn't particularly help me grow in a way that I liked. So, mm. you know, when you're in like the stand studio, sorry, my, my webcam is literally being held up by blue tags. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> okay. But like, yeah, like when you're at this like dance studio, that is like a good place for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, cause it is, I think finding where you're comfortable, finding what works for you, it takes time. Cause I guess, I think a lot of people have that feeling like, okay, if this, this place doesn't work out, it's a me problem. No, it's not a you problem if this, you know, it just, you know if you're not if, if you're not comfortable don't feel like you're being a quitter don't feel you're just learning more about yourself and it's not an experience wasted you learned something that you wouldn't have learned otherwise and you can now take those building blocks to find something else and go on to better ways because yeah you, there's nothing to lose there's only stuff to gain by learning what works for you and I, okay. it's kind of hard to get to that stage though. <laughs> but it is, but then, but then what, but you're in a pretty brutal environment by going to auditions, mm -hmm. right? Like in my wildest dreams, I, I don't even, 
I can't even hold the thought long enough to know if I would want to go to an audition. <laughs> like that's how terrifying it is to me. Mm -hmm. So you're in that environment and then you you keep showing up, right? Like like a lot of us are like, like a lot of people in this community are, you know, I don't know, they're trying to do their job and they maybe don't want to go for promotion because it's not so comfortable, they might not get it. Or, they, or they're starting a business but they don't want to sell something so they, don't, they might not get it. But you're like, you just keep showing up. How do you do that? Yeah, where does that tenacity come from? <laughs> Again, it's like, I, okay, I really enjoy performing. I like any chance to, whether it is in literally above a library with like a small audience of like, 10 to 50 people are on like a bigger platform like performing with amateur groups in the hippodrome so instead of thinking oh my god this is an audition this is my one chance to get it and I need to do everything as perfect as I can blah 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 blah, blah. it's like no I enjoy performing mm -hmm. and it's good to be in an intimate environment and especially kind of when you're into stage stuff or into any kind of performing you do very much kind of feel in like your head like there are so many um pieces of art out there that make open auditions or auditions look like the most terrifying thing. And they can be, or they make it seem like these people are here to watch you fail. But it's like, no, everybody's there because they want to cast, they want you to do well, they want you to bring your best to it, and they want to make you feel comfortable. So go in there and kind of feel like, hey, I've not been able to perform for a while. This is a chance when I get to perform something I enjoy, a piece of like, a song or a dance or whatever a monologue that I enjoy or as you said you mentioned people with businesses like okay if there's obviously under pressure about selling but think about bringing something that you're really passionate about or instead of thinking I need to get this deal done I'm I'm getting the chance to speak to somebody about something I'm really passionate about and I might help them to be passionate about it too or you mm. know kind of inspire them in a different way so yeah yeah it is it does kind of feel intimidating, but then when you get up there, then that nerves tend to excitement and it's no longer, what if I'm not the best? It's like, I'm going to do what I can. And, you know, you get some like lovely feedback and you could like be a really good whatever, but you just, you might not be what they have in mind and that's outside of what you can control. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, but you would have never have had that experience you would have never known if you never did it like you could have been exactly what they were looking for and at the end of the day hey you got a chance to perform you got a chance to right. actually do something you love so instead of thinking oh this is a do or die it's a hey this is my own little stage for the like a minute and a half <laughs> oh my god this is an absolute masterclass in repositioning because honestly that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot and where um you know, especially with uh, imposter syndrome, which is something that, you know, a lot of people face, including myself and any number oh. of of, uh, of artists as well as business people, you know, whenever you're showing up on whatever your stage is, you know, you have to cover those basics of like, and I say basics, but what I really mean is bases of, mm -hmm. you know, control what you can control, control the controllables, as we often say, um, and, and try and reposition the, the context of it that that repositioning that you do there where you've kind of gone right okay i can look at this as either a, a test of test of my metal and the most you know important moment 
or I can look at this as a chance to, to share my passion with others. That's a really big flip. Uh, that's a really big pivot. Did, do you, um, is that something you've always sort of just kind of done? Or was it something you learned over time as a skill? It was kind of something that, well, because it was like an open audition. It was just kind mm. of something that happened when, you know, get there at like half five in the morning, get seen at like half one in the afternoon <laughs> and not be prepared. Like, it's cool. You see, you, you think, oh my God, there's only 10 people by the door. And then it's all around the back of the building, all around the other building, halfway <laughs> up the cycle track. <laughs> and then you chat to other people and it's like, oh my God, all these people are or younger than me, they've already done this and this and this. This is their drama school. But it's like, no, mm. it's like, it's just cool just chit-chatting to people. And then as the time goes on, you think, hey, I'm actually quite excited because, like, apart from the dance, um, the Halloween showcase, I hadn't actually performed in, like, a year or so. So it right. was, it just got exciting to me. And because, the like, the casting directors were absolutely lovely and put us oh, at ease, right. that was, like, the switch. And just talking to other people there and just being like, hey, I'm not seeing you guys as competition because, again, that's, like, I've moved away from college. I don't see people in that light because it's, you know. Yeah. It's like... But um, one thing that I do kind of still struggle with is actually um, voice acting auditions because it is in, like, your home. You can take your mm. time to record the audition, send it in. Uh, you can kind of almost too fixate because it does feel like more in your control. And I said I before I only have two modes. I will either spend like an hour and a half redoing, redoing, re-listening to, looking too much into like a half a minute monologue, or I will send in like 25 auditions in like 20 minutes. There is no in-between for me. So right. that's just something I'm kind of working on because like yeah I do prefer like performing in the moment so when you're in a forum like especially with this past like year lockdown there's lots of auditionings that are happening online not just voice acting but like people having to send in their own self tapes and trying to find like a clear wall in your house Jesus what is that about but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, oh fully yeah I created then, my own blank space to do just that <laughs> It took months for me to figure out how I was just going to create, put two hooks up and then just string a sheet. But it works. It does the thing. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, I think people do, and again, that's another part of this reframing. You know, people um, can get really caught up in the idea that, as you say, you know, when you go into the audition, it's that thing of like, oh, well, they're younger than me or they've got, um, they've got X, Y, and Z ahead of me. They've done all these productions or whatever. You can't yeah. truthfully know what somebody's experience is. And even if you do know their experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right for the part. Um, and it also doesn't mean that they have the, um, that they aren't also struggling in the same way that you are. And that's mm -hmm. like a major thing to remember. Like the amount of times that people have said to me, oh God, you know, I need to get this, this and this then, you know, and I, I don't have the money to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I literally spent five pounds I broke two hooks putting this in. It's not even stitched. Nothing's done properly. It's literally ripped and stuck on the wall. And they're like, oh, but that looks like, you know, someone, you know, might think that's a professional setup and, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you're like, no, it's a sheet. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> 
I just took a chance because I, I, you know, I decided it was a thing that was worth trying, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that is a big thing. And that's kind of why we were talking about fear. You know, uh, the two options that we talk about in this fear is, you know, what is your fear response? You know, do you face everything and run or do you face everything and rise? And it's that choice that we make, which ultimately is our choice, no matter, you know, no matter what, um, we do have that moment of going, right, can I, am I going to, uh, um, am I going to stop and let somebody else control what I want to do? Or am I going to allow myself the chance to do something for me? Um, mm-hmm. And that's got to be a big thing for you, for you, especially if you're doing auditions. Like, that's got to be a huge thing, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like, yeah, like you were saying about like um, comparing yourself to other people, everybody's journeys are different, you know. Mm. Um, a lot of people kind of get it stuck in their head that like they need to do X, Y, and Z by a certain age, or there's no way you can actually accomplish this. But again, I also mm. think it's like taking a step back. Like obviously, I would have loved to have gone to drama school. I would love to do blah 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 on the West End. But mm. also at the same time, it's like, but I love performing in general. So right. it doesn't matter what the stage is. It doesn't matter what this that, and that is. Mm. As long so it's kind of not just like oh making goals realistic because i don't think like hey we all have dreams i still have like things i want to accomplish but yeah. i like yeah doesn't mean that there aren't other ways i can accomplish it that aren't the same as other people's journeys right. and yeah like you you do get scared you do kind of sometimes freeze but then it's just get comfortable with fear and you mm. can only get comfortable with fear <sighs> by doing it or I always remember um one of the teachers I really enjoyed he um always did these games where like the kind of course of it would be improvising and it would kind of he'd make it go on longer than we had planned right and he'd always say get comfortable with uncomfortable silence then you don't need to fill it don't feel like you have to fill it just 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 let you sit in it sit in that silence and then just appreciate the company that you're with and what you can yeah. bring to the table without having to just make word vomit and try and make it last. So, oh, yeah. God, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, okay, it might be a bit awkward, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that gives you time. And it's a good practice, again, that uncomfortableness is a good practice to get into fear because then eventually mm. the adrenaline rush will kick in and then you'll start loving it. <laughs> I mean, it literally rewires our, our our brain and our nervous system about how we face that fear and whether the, mm. we see that as something that makes us want to rise or makes us want to run. Mm. And if we don't do it often enough, it will continue to make us want to run. But mm. the more we do it, you think of anything you've tried to do, you know, anybody who started in sales was a little, you know, freaked out and probably wanted to run at the beginning. And then they get used to it. It becomes more comfortable. And then... And then it's comfortably uncomfortable. It's not. It's not going into you know deep trauma stuff. It's just getting comfortable with that feeling, and rising mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. One of my um, favorite stories is actually um, a performer that I really admire. Um, this is one I haven't told you actually. This is a performer called Sandra Joseph, who was the longest running Christine. Now she had like a five-year plan, but if she didn't get like a constant gig, she was going to leave. She was going to leave New York and go back to her home. And it was coming up to the end of those five years. And there was an um, audition for um, Phantom 
and an audition for Christine. And mm -hmm. she was there. Um, she was so nervous. And even throughout doing it for 10 years, as when she eventually gets it, she said she always still struggled with it. And she's got mm. like a brilliant book on the matter. But she said that she was so scared that her top lip stuck to her jaw because she was so... <gasps> She didn't get it. She didn't get Christine, but they offered her a role in the tour in the ensemble where she got to play the mannequin of Chris. Like she got to play a dummy. Um, but she, you know, eventually she got another chance to audition, which doesn't really happen. This time she was ready. She put Vaseline on her top of her jaw. She'd been watching. So, you know, she was not going to go on stage. But um, and she knew the whole choreography with like the there's a bit in the song where you do the stuff with a scarf and she did all the choreography but it wasn't genuine it mm. wasn't her so again she didn't get it she was kind of being yeah. like setting things in her head to make up for her nerves third time which again you never ever get heard a third time <laughs> she thought again like this is they're gonna see me a third time this is never i'm just gonna be like the dummy or in the ensemble forever but you know it's still again it's still a paid job if she didn't do this audition yeah. even though she thought she flunked it she never would have had this chance um and she came in she was nervous but that played into the song so she played around with those feelings of nerves and just brought herself because at that point that was all she could do. And she had a phone call and she just heard um, the masquerade box from the show. And then like a couple of days later, she still doesn't know who sent her that phone call. She got told that she got it. And then she wow. went on to play and be the longest running Christine in like, yeah, for wow. a decade. And just, yeah, the fact that she still struggled with it and still found ways to incorporate it into what she did was just mm. i will definitely very much admire her for that <laughs> yeah beautiful and that's like a, that is a recurring theme as well yeah, in terms sure. of you know the tenacity and the tenacity the tenacious approach i think a lot of the time people get especially now because of the way in which social media works it's really yeah. easy to think that um something is done off a of one shot you know it's you know <sighs> someone immediately gets the thing that they want you know and and it's and they just are lucky and they're catapulted or they're in the right place in the right time and you often don't see the reality of that situation which is the years of struggling beyond that the years of struggling after that you know mm -hmm. um I read an interview, uh, sorry, an editorial yesterday about uh, Chris Jumbo, the the fantastic actor who I'm obsessed with from The Good Fight and The Good Wife. Um, and they were talking about the the fact that just before they got that break, that huge role, and then you know catapulted into this amazing drama series in America, they were pretty much ready to give up. Um, and they decided that because there was a just nothing, no one seemed to want to hire them, and there was just a lack of respect for for her style and or or her work at all. She was um, she was just sort of thought, oh, I, I don't even know if there's any point in this. And then she decided to do um, a, a play based on uh, Josephine Baker, um, which then Christine Baranski saw 
and that caught you know that catapulted her into into a role in the good wife um but you know she fought for years to get recognized for for doing what she did um and for being the incredible actor that she is and now she's getting the recognition but it's taken all of that struggle and it could you know anybody can see somebody and go oh well they you know they did that one audition they just got seen and that was it and they're done and it's like that's not how that works oh, no <laughs> No, it's ten not. years to become an overnight sensation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's the same with authors, and mm -hmm. it's the same with all these people mm -hmm. that you know want to do things online. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, some people online become overnight because they find a niche that's needed and it's right time, right place, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, but a lot of them are doing this for years and years and rediscovering mm -hmm. themselves and finding finding what works. And mm -hmm. you know, it is mm -hmm. it is tenacity. Yeah. And that's where it's so important that you get comfortable with fear because you have to keep doing it. Yeah. And then there's the assumption that, of course, that fear just goes away once you've done that thing. You know, it, you know, uh, Cocteau Twins, uh, the lead singer of the Cocteau Twins, has often talked about the fact that, you know, when she first started out, um, she was well she was absolutely petrified for her entire career before she went on a stage absolutely petrified um and it's taken her years to get to a point where she's comfortable with her voice her style her movement all of that stuff yeah. and now it's on you know the first time that she's really getting to that point and she's worked with literally everybody uh, liz yeah. fraser she's literally been with some of the biggest names in british and american music um, everyone from, uh, you know, Jeff Buckley to, to Massive Attack, you know, um, and she still feels that fear. And as you know, it's not just a case of like, you make it and it's done. You know, it's, if you do make it, if you do get to that point, there's still the work that goes on afterwards. And there's still all of that extra stuff. And you might not lose that fear, you might just see it differently and have to find your own workaround, right, to push through it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I, we we we've talked a couple times now about Bob Fosse, who, if you're not familiar with, um, absolutely roots in vaudeville and cabaret. That's mm -hmm. that's that's Bob Fosse's beginnings. So, yeah. so very relevant and and near and dear to us. And actually, it, you know, a lot of times we get asked about like cabaret, because this is cabaret DNA. Mm -hmm. Where, um, you know, a lot of times we get asked about, you know, well, if it's all singing and dancing and uh, and you know all the things that we've talked about lots of times that are included in cabaret. Then what's really the difference between that and you know like being on Broadway and big stages and stuff? And very often it's just about small venues. And if you think mm. about any, you know, if you think about any comedian, they started in little basement places before they made it to the big clubs, right? Mm. They you don't just start in a big club. Like Jerry Seinfeld did not start in a big club, right? No. Eddie Murphy and anybody you can name in comedy did not start it. They started by doing, you know, as you say, showing up at 8 p.m. and maybe not getting on till 3 a.m. when everybody's drunk or gone home, you know, and they just keep showing up. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they get practiced at it and they and they find their way. And the other thing that happens is, of course, the other people that you started with have dropped off and they stopped coming, you know. So, so it's, it, it is just that tenacity, but it's also, a, you know, there's a huge part of imposter syndrome in this about, you know, you, you mentioned it with things like, oh, well, they're younger than me, or they're prettier than me, or they're, they're talent, more talented than me, or they have this degree in this, or they went to this particular school, or they, 
or their dad is somebody or whatever. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, the, so there's mm. this whole kind of thing of, oh, that's why they're more successful. But, mm. but it, 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 that's a huge part about imposter syndrome and owning our, our knowing that we deserve our success. It's not mm. down to luck. It's down to bloody hard work. And that's why that truism about the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's, that's true because that's how it works. And we were talking about Bob Fosse, who, which is, you know, uh, very much beginnings in, in vaudeville. Um, and if you're not familiar with Bob Fosse, you'll be familiar with something like uh, Cabaret or All That Jazz or oh, give me some other give me some other movies that, that Bob um, Fosse's. Pippin, he Pippin. was one that he did. Uh, he was in, uh, I can't remember the name of it, uh, something. Oh, I always do this. Yankees. I do this yeah. as well. <laughs> but he didn't choreograph all of it. He choreographed the scene that he danced in. Um, mm. What was right. that one? Oh. Right, but, but this yeah. is a whole movement, right? Like this is a whole movement. Like this is a style of dance, right? Major choreographer. And mm -hmm. I had always thought, I knew, I knew about the hats, which we'll come to in a sec, but I didn't appreciate the gloves or, or some of the body posture and why they were Bob Fosse style, right? I know, mm -hmm. so it is a style of dance, if this is new for you. Um, and, and, and it's a whole thing, you can really recognize that style of dance. So they, yeah, you know Bob Fosse. If, you, if you're unfamiliar with the name Bob Fosse, if you've ever seen this, Liza Minnelli has done, Liza Minnelli is famous for, for doing uh, work. Obviously we mentioned Cabaret earlier, the film and the musical, uh, but um, uh, the, the molecule movement and all of his breakdown, mm -hmm. if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, you'll have seen Fosse moments on there. Um, mm -hmm. Huge drag culture references have been done with Bob Fosse. Mm -hmm. But Shannon, you were telling me, so I knew about the hat, mm. but then we were talking about the gloves and the posture and so on. Do you want to just like share, because you, you, you have yeah. so much knowledge about this. Yeah. No problem, yeah. Um, so he had problems with his back, with his posture, so kind of a bit of a curvature of the spine, which is why he would often kind of be quite low or he'd have his shoulders all the way pinched back, which is quite mm. a style thing, or kind of do the lean. And another thing was, um, he had he was kind of like pigeon toed so instead of like you know ballet like he'd be turned out he would often be turned in and again he made that very much part of his style like the iconic mm. kind of fossey walk where you kind of roll in a way that is completely opposite to any classical training but um you know, never stopped him. One of his favorite roles was a, um, a duet where he danced with a professional ballet person and he was highly competitive. So he very much thrilled on doing that kind of a scene of him. But like, yeah, he was very self-conscious of that. But also um, the hats were because he was balding from a young age and he was self-conscious of that to the point where he stopped acting at all. And mm. obviously there were other influences, but that kind of, you know, Fred Astaire and just like those kind of older kind of films, but he did more of it. Right. Same with like the gloves. He was also, um, didn't particularly like the way his hands looked. So he always like often had him and the other performers wear gloves, but there's so much of his work that, you know, you know, the back posture, you know, the um, what the feet are doing and you know, like the movements of the hands, whether it be the boiled egg things or the, very, very slightly. I'm going to take a bring it on reference. Spirit fingers, I guess, are very much jazz hands. Yay! Very much a Bob Fosse thing. Yes. <laughs> Which is um, amazing. If he didn't like his hands, that just blows yeah. my mind. Right. Everything, like even down to like the like the bowler hats hiding like the baldness. You're highlighting all these things, but he was mm. not 
he was very self-conscious about them about his posture but he did something to elevate it it's mm. no longer something like i just want to like yeah and part of him did kind of want to hide it but in doing so he really highlighted it and made it a style thing that people to this day i mean hey there's um various um sweet charity there's um a TikTok trend at the moment doing the um sweet charity kind of the like, heavy hitter and the other various dances in that scene right so yeah wow. <laughs> it's so funny isn't it that that you know these are things that people take for granted they're like oh well you know he could do this and he could do that or she can do this and she can do that and it's like no they were deeply insecure about any number of these things but they they re they pivoted on that. They turned it into their own uh, into their own thing, and they made it something unique and so specifically them that everybody else wanted to then do it. And we're still doing it, as you say, now on TikTok. Yeah. Absolutely. Or other people are doing it now on TikTok. I still can't work it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think that's the thing is is you know going back to the very beginning of this conversation and and mm. really you know, and I really mean it when I say that you're an inspiration because I'm trying to do the thing on the poll as as written and you're mm. going, yeah, but I'm doing my own thing. And, I, you know, <laughs> and I, I just think, yeah, let it go, Heather, let it go, just do your own thing. And now coming out of lockdown, right? So we're all going back to our studios or our, our old life, you know, and getting out and, and so on, starting to anyway. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should just quit because I'm not strong anymore and I can't do these things anymore. And it's like, actually, if you if you don't want to do it, then then by all means quit, because why would you keep doing it? Mm. But if if you're passionate about it, you have to show up mm -hmm. and put in the work. And I think that's that's gotta be the message about rising, right? You've got to put in the work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do feel, especially after like, you know. The, the year that it's been I feel you have some people who were being able to be really productive and work more on themselves and I think that's fantastic but I also feel that again don't compare yourself to them there have been people who have been able to really you know improve leaps and bounds and do all these other things like self-reflective work or just improving outwardly but not everybody's been in a space where they've been able to and it feels like, oh my God, I wasted a year. I had so much free time. It's, hey, there's there's no need to kind of put on that added pressure. There's mm -hmm. always going to be time to build and work. You don't need to be like, oh, there was free time. No, it was a really stressful, terrifying, and quite saddening time in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just mean because, oh, I'm not able to go to work, I'm not able to go out. It doesn't mean that you have to suddenly be productive you know sometimes like there are plenty of people who thrive being in a group setting like the people who really struggle with hey there's these online like not everybody can work in an online setting a lot of people struggle with that a lot mm. of people need to be in an environment where other people are giving their energy to feel comfortable and bring up their game too so again yeah. try to step back and not compare yourself to other people or other people's situations and take care of your own time we're all going to be bruising again anyway we're going to be like you know back to square one but that's fun because it'll be like hey we'll get all the moves a lot quicker you know we'll heal a lot quicker that's for sure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it and and we just need to let the rest go 
we just need mm -hmm. to let the rest go because the rest is ego, right? The rest is, is, you know, kind of, oh, but I used to be able to do this and I should have been able to do this and other people are doing this. That's all ego. That is <laughs> all ego. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the bit, you know, we're, we're going to talk a lot about imposter syndrome in the, in the coming weeks, because that is something that it holds a lot of people back of the, who am I to? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and, and really this is the foundation of that is finding your passion and, and really just sinking into it and rising, whatever that means. And I love, I love your energy, Shannon, because you, you talk about, well, I learned something from going to that audition and that they were looking for something else. And it, it's just such a positive amazing inspiring message for people so mm. i'm just so thankful that you joined us today i really am yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you it really has thank you for for joining us and for talking about your experience as well because it's a it's a big thing to also talk about your experiences and to be honest about it as well um i think people uh I think people forget that there is a lot of there's a lot of power in in that discussion and there's a lot of power in in being honest and truthful about how how much it takes to kind of get to a point of well I can do this now because <laughs> I did this you know I mean I'm here praying for a lockdown in July in the UK <laughs> so that I don't have to go on stage and perform blesk <laughs> so I I'm not kidding you. The fact that I am Ryan sitting there going, mm hmm, yeah, I booked you. Because, <laughs> spoiler um, alert, there's something happening. Yeah, spoiler so, alert. But, but, but I, I think, you know, the fact that like you see an audition, you want it, you do it, and what the hell? It's just, it's, it, it is just everything. Mm -hmm. That is the way to go. Instead Thank of you. praying for a, a, a world disaster so you can get off the hook because you <laughs> promised somebody you'd do something. <laughs> but no, I'm serious here. Like I, I'm messing around, but I'm also really genuinely serious because, yeah. you know, every time I think about, oh, I need to do the thing, I, th I, I need to be thinking, well, what would Shannon say? Mm. I've nearly swore there, but she can do it, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, and I've seen you perform, and I've heard your voice, and it is just breathtaking. So, so, so you, you, I, I will be back in the studio this week, <sighs> trying to get Ariel, trying to get up in the air again. Who knows? Who knows? But we feel the fear and rise, right? Fear, yes. fa face everything and rise. That's that's the message. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Shannon. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing this with everybody because it was such a great conversation that we had last week and I was like, people need to hear this. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Shall we do the thing, Ryan? Let's do the thing. Okay. Uh, this has been Confidence Through Cabaret. We are so, uh, so thankful for everybody to joining us today. Um, thank you so much for, if you're watching this on the replay, we really appreciate it. Uh, send us your comments, send us your messages. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm Heather. And this and is the beautiful Shannon. And we're here to remind you that it is your body. Your body. Your world. Your world. Your stage. Your stage. <laughs> thank you for joining thank us, you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.